Welcome to IgniteCast, the podcast of the Ignite Leadership Conference presented by the Community Development Foundation. My name is Rory Tyre. I'm a facilitator and coach with Go Innovation. We do custom leadership and human development solutions around the world. And I'm Judd Wilson with the Community Development Foundation. I'm the Vice President of the Chamber of Commerce. And we bring more and better jobs to Tupelo, Lee County, Mississippi. IgniteCast is brought to you by the Community Development Foundation and Go Innovation. We interviewed some key leaders in Northeast Mississippi who are having a regional, national, and in some cases, global impact. The result are compelling stories and actionable principles that will help you in your life and work, whether or not you have a title or currently consider yourself a leader. You're going to hear compelling leadership stories from very different organizational perspectives. You're going to hear principles about change management, principles about trust, feedback, communication, how to build an effective team. Today, on our first episode, we're so excited. Our guest is Juanita Floyd. She's the Vice President of Finance and Administration at the Create Foundation here in Tupelo, Mississippi. And you've been at Create for how long? 34 years. 34 years. 34 years. I oversee the assets of the foundation and um, all of the the, um, accounting. And it's not like they have like $10 over there at Create. (laughs) Our our assets are $122 million. Right, right. A lot of times when we think leaders, we think, well, that's so-and-so CEO or that's doctor Mm so-and-so that went to this prestigious university and has all these initials after their names. Tell me a little bit about uh, some leaders in your life that have gotten Juanita to where Juanita is now. Well, of course, there are two leaders that I think of. One, of course, would be my mother, Bernice Gamble. The values that she instilled in me, the confidence that she instilled in me, made her a leader. The second leader in my life uh, would be Jack Reed Sr. Jack Reed is one of the leaders who spoke up for me at Create Foundation nearly 34 years ago and said to an all-white board, why can't we hire Juanita? I move that we hire her. And so a lot of times leaders are those who sometimes make decisions that may not be the most popular. But Jack Reed Sr. said, let's hire and the board followed. So I've had an amazing journey just because of those two leaders in my right, life. Right. Tell us a little bit about your mom. It was the summer of 69, and of course, that's when it was mandatory integration. And my mom had gone to the town hall meetings, and when she got there, the many of the parents were in an uproar. They did not want to transition into integration. They did not want it. So my mom said she knew that what the parent, how the parents were feeling, that it was going to trickle down to the to the children. Every day during the summer of 1969, my mom did two things: ask me my name, what is your name, and I was, you know, getting a little angry. What do you mean? What is my name? Tell me your name. What is your name? And I would have to reply every day. My name is Cosette Juanita Gambrell. Every day, what is your name? Every summer, she always played with me. I mean, that was a given. But this summer, my mom didn't play with me. I go, Mama, we're not going to swing or we're not going to play. And she said, no, not today. I want you to get your little satchel of books and read. So under the tree, I sat. 
reading every day. Those were the two things. And now that I look back over, those were two important things. Two things that she did when um, we started that August. She went to the teacher, and I remember this very vividly. She said, her name was Miss Joyce Magna. She said, Miss Magna, and I kind of tear up. She said, I trust you with my child. She said, I believe that you're going to teach her, that you're going to love her, and you are going to protect her. And of course, Miss Magna, of course, of course. And then my mom put my placed my little hand in that white teacher's hand. And my mom said later that after she left, when she was walking down that long hallway, East Union has this long hallway. As she was walking down that long hallway, she had tears in her eyes. And she said because she wanted to run back to that room and pick me up and just take me on with her. But she knew she couldn't. So what I found out, remember the two things, knowing my identity, knowing my name, and having that little satchel of books to read. Well, in the out there on the playground, recess. Guess what happened? When I went over to the merry-go-round to play with the little children, they wouldn't play with me. But because every day when she didn't play with me, I knew to read my satchel of books. She'd already asked the teacher, would you allow her to carry her little satchel of books on the playground? So when I went over there to play and they didn't play with me, it didn't bother me at all. I just went up to the teacher and got my little satchel of books and would read. Well, the other thing, you can imagine the names they called me. They were vicious. They were hurtful names that I, that they had heard. And um, But guess what I said? Whenever they called me those... Now, this is the beauty of this. My mother never told me what name I would be called. Never once said I would be called the ugly name or the N-word. Never once said that. So when they started calling me all those things, I look at them and said, Oh, no, that's not my name. You see, my name is Cosette Juanita Gambrell. So what she did was... Like I said, two things, identity, making sure I knew who I was so that I wouldn't answer to those names. And even in an environment where normally children play together and they didn't play with me, she had prepared me. Two things, that came from an eighth grade, a woman with an eighth grade education preparing me for, uh, for the summer of 1969, preparing me for the school year. And as it, with anything, listen, I will tell you all, that was that was a tough time, a tough period. You know, I go to the restroom, to the women's restroom, and I get all of these things. Here comes the end. Let's see which stall she uses because we don't want to use the same stall. You know, that would be hurtful to a child. Think of, Imagine your own children. Imagine if you were just hated for no reason at all, just because the color of your skin seems to be different. What I love about the story, yes, I had difficulties. Yes, it was hurtful. All of that. But with her guidance, I was able to, if you will, maneuver through all of those uh, sad situations. And as I've said earlier, you know, I became best friends with them. They became best friends with me. 
So I hear a couple of things I want to call out. I mean, first, like we, we work a lot with organizations and people that go through change. Mm-hmm. So obviously integration in public school system is one of the most dramatic moments of change our country has faced. And two things that helped you as an individual get through that in a hostile context, mm-hmm. you had a sense of identity. You know, you strongly knew who you were. Exactly. And you had a coping mechanism. Your mother had taught you something to do when other people might have faced that and felt despair and mm-hmm. you just had resourcefulness, you say, well, okay, I'll walk over here and do this. I attribute any success that I have, I attribute it to my mother because of her teachings. Back in the 60s when integration occurred, if a person had a valid reason, my mom had a, had a reason to, to dislike people. She had a valid reason to have bitterness in her heart, but she chose not to do that. She chose, she, she looked at life and her, her reason, we got to love regardless of, of what's happening in our life. Our duty and our responsibility is to love people. She could have very easily chosen to walk a different path. But her path was, no, we're going to love everybody. And so my success, I'm riding on her coattails. When we work with organizations and something happens, oftentimes it's a form of betrayal. So in your case, you're, you know, you're expecting to come in and go to school and have relationships with students. Just like, you know, just want to have normal kid friendships. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen. They mistreat you. That's a form of betrayal. And to, to deal with betrayal, you have to go through some kind of a process of forgiveness And so when we work with organizations and corporate settings, sometimes the language is a little bit weird. People are like, oh, I don't know what to do with that language. But the reality is you have to process somehow. For you, what would you say are some of the... Because I I hear you talk about this, and it sounds like you have done some work in your heart of forgiving some people Mm -hmm. and working through some things. What are some... How have you done that? Well, I will tell you my faith. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. My mom instilled that in me. My faith, believing the Lord, trusting in God, and and forgiveness. That was the life my mother lived. Not, I mean, as I told you all, she could have shown, it, she could have been bitter. Now that I look back and I'm an adult and can see all the things that, that happened to her, you know, she ironed one day in a home and ironed all day for this for these um for the her employers and then they turned around and the lady wouldn't pay her. Said you didn't iron enough. And she had to come home. And knowing that she had to feed children, and I'm thinking, now that I look back, I'm thinking, my God, how did you do that? But then again, it was her faith. She trusted in God. She believed God. And that's what I've had. I've had to do that. Um, listen, it's easy for any of us. Any of us. We can all find something, you know, to be angry about. We can all find something to be bitter about. But it's like what you said, the process. What is it? What is important to you? You know, what is important is holding on to bitterness and all of those things that happened many, many years ago. Is that important? And then I look at, if I hold on to bitterness, then what do I show the next generation? I want to be a change agent. And if I'm going to be a change agent, whether it being a change agent in my home or my community, wherever it happens to be, then I can't allow bitterness to to uh, uh, be a part of my life. And so, now, do I say, does it not rise up? 
<laughs> of course it does. When something happens, it's going to come. But it's what you do with it, how you process it. You can say, woe is me, and, you know, go on. But I don't. I choose to, if things happen to me that seems to be unfair, get over it. Go on. That's what I choose. But again, I attribute it, I attribute it to my faith, knowing that the greatest one, the greatest master, the greatest leader, Jesus, if he could forgive the people who crucified him, then certainly I can I can forgive these people who do things that you just don't like. You're a leader. Tell us some of the wisdom that you've taught from your mom that you've led others with. Miles Monroe said, don't invest in buildings. Said invest in people. So be like Jesus. Jesus invested in people. And so that's what we do. We we should invest in people. And if we do that, now everyone is not going to receive what we have. But if we just try. My mom said many years ago, and I said, Mama, I, she was a single parent because my, my dad died when I was very young. And uh, she was always talking about making a difference. And I'm saying, how in the world are we going to make a difference? What do you mean make a difference? You know, because I was looking at the circumstances. We, we were poor. We had nothing. And you're talking about making a difference because at that time, I thought that making a difference was if you had boatloads of money and then you just go out and you feed the hungry, you do whatever. But I, and, and she said to me then, she said, no, you can make a difference in many, many ways without ever giving the first dime. And she said, and what you have to do is make a difference in your little corner of the world. We see the world as so many problems, so many things. We can't control that. But wherever you are, wherever you live, or whatever community you're in, then you try to make a difference in that little corner. And, and then maybe it'll spread abroad. You're one of the special people in my heart. Oh, thank you. You are just, your story is powerful, but more importantly, it's how you live your story. That's right. I mean, you still are passing on those treasures that your mom gave to you. And we've been speaking with Monita Floyd, and she's one of my favorite people. She's with Create. <laughs> thank you for telling us about the leader of your mother, but... Also, thank you for being the leader that you are in Tupelo and Lee County and the other 17 counties that Create um, represents. But but thank you for being here today with us. We really thank do appreciate you. it. Thank you for having me.